Here's Alex Dean for Jay McClendon. Slapped away by Willie Mitchell. Burroughs quickly goes after the puck. The Sedins are coming with him. He shot, he scores! Alex Burroughs with 19 seconds left in overtime sends the Vancouver Canucks to the second round of the playoffs. And welcome into the Canucks and Pucks podcast. I'm your host, Matthew Zader, and I'm joined by my co-hosts, Aiden and Dan. And we're very happy to uh, have Clay Emo back on the pro- back on the show. I had him on a couple weeks ago, just before the Minnesota Wild series. Actually, it was during it. Hey, Clay, thanks for joining us again. My pleasure, Matthew. And Aiden and Dan, it's pretty cool. You guys are growing just in the past two weeks since I've been on here. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's it's like, because my celebrity, but uh, definitely not. <laughs> yeah, it's it's been a lot of fun, and it, and it's nice to it's nice to talk uh, hockey uh, again. Yeah. Uh, you know, this this last few months has been uh, kind of unprecedented and weird, and it's it's so good to be talking to uh, not just Canucks fans, but talking hockey again. Awesome. Well, I know Matthew was doing a great job already, so I'm sure it's going to be even better with you too. So I'm happy to chat with you guys today. Awesome. Yeah. So I mean. Canucks are back in the playoffs. I mean, we said the qualifying round was the playoffs, but this is the real playoffs, best of 16. And uh, we now know that the Canucks will be playing the St. Louis Blues uh, in the first round. And uh, we have some history in the playoffs with them. Uh, some successful history, actually. The last time, I believe, was the was when Burroughs scored that game winner in OT. Uh, in... I don't know what year that was, but off the top of my head, so I'll jump in on that. 2009. 2009, that's right. Yeah. And that last time was pretty good. And then um, and then the regular season series actually had a pretty good 4-0-2 record against them too. So I uh, just want to get your – first, we'll get your overall thoughts on the first, the qualifying round against the Wild and how they did, Clay, and uh, we'll go from there. Yeah, no, thank you, Matthew. Yeah, I'll touch on both really quickly. I know we want to focus on St. Louis more, but for – for Minnesota, um, you know, the, it's, it's, it's funny. The thing that we talked about two weeks ago that we thought was our biggest concern, our defense, was actually pretty good, except for maybe uh, game one and uh, yeah, a couple minutes in game two. Of course, uh, I, I, thought the, I thought the defense played well. You know, Quinn Hughes, obviously, leading scorer for our team. But then Edler and Tanev were, were just fine. Tyler Myers was okay as long as he was on the ice, not in the penalty box. Okay. So, uh, yeah, I thought everything that they needed to do, obviously, Pedersen, Besser, Miller, they all showed up. Bo at a massive game four. So, and, and Markstrom outplayed Stalock. Um, although Markstrom looked tired. I don't know if you guys agree with me. He looked tired in game four. So I'm really glad uh, that we were able to pull that out. Although two days rest for game five would have been fine. So uh, we, we were matched up evenly on paper, but I think on the ice, you just kind of see how dynamic our team is compared to the aging, slower Minnesota Wild. They didn't know what they were doing on offense. They weren't getting any pop from Fiala was good, but he was the only player that looked dangerous. So, Overall, I, I, I was really happy with the series. How about you guys? That's a really good call, Clay. You're nailing it right on the head there when you say dynamic. And I think it's something we covered a lot in the previous podcast as well. But they can just play the wild in so many different ways, and that's how they won. Yeah. The defense, which I think a lot of Canucks fans and a lot of Canucks critics would agree with you, uh, was a bit of a sore point going into the series. But <laughs> when they were on the ice and not in that penalty box, they were doing really well. And I completely agree with everything you said there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I so, think the um, others. 
I was yeah. just going to say, I think the other side of it too is that one of the weaknesses was supposed to be the Canucks bottom six that the Wilds bottom six was so much stronger than Vancouver's and, you know, much to the happiness of, of everybody. And again, we caught, we commented on it. I'm sure Clay in your, in your videos, your vlogs, you've done it too. Um, you know, I don't think we expected Sutter, Mott, um, you know, even Beagle, uh, it really rose to the occasion, especially Brandon Sutter. And um, it made a huge impact on the series. And it was something that the wild um, all of a sudden couldn't match because they couldn't score five on five. And it just basically, you know, outmatched the, the wild in every aspect of the game. Great point. Yep. I agree. Yeah. So let's move into like the, I mean, the Canucks had a really good series from game one on against the Minnesota wild. Um, St. Louis Blues present a bit of a different matchup. I mean, they play a similar style uh, to Minnesota in their defensive structure, but I mean, they do have a lot more uh, offensive pop to them. How do you think uh, the Canucks match up against the Blues, eh, Clay? Yeah, it's interesting. We know that the Canucks were going to get the loser of the Blues, Dallas Stars, and on paper, you'd think that Dallas would be the easier team, yet we had more trouble with Dallas during the regular season. You're right, Matthew. We went to 2-0-1 against the, the Blues this season. So we actually got five out of six points. The only right. point we squandered was that three on overtime. <laughs> oh, <geez. laughs> so here, here's the thing with St. Louis. They're the defending Stanley Cup champions. And on one hand, I would love to say, throw away the regular season because it's been five months. Um, and St. Louis had 94 points. They're the top team in the Western Conference and Vancouver barely made it in. But if I say throw away the regular season um, by, the, by the same token then, um, how much stock do you put into their, their three games that really didn't mean a thing? Like, yes, seating is nice, but when you're not worried about home ice advantage, you could tell they weren't really uh, playing their, putting their full effort out. So having said that, you're right, Matthew. They are the same type of team as Minnesota. They're just a lot better, right? They have better yeah. goaltending. They, you could say that they're D, you know, with guys like Petrangelo and Pareko, and um, they're, they're good on D. But yet, the, the biggest thing is they are heavy, heavy offensive team not only are they skilled with guys like Tarasenko and O'Reilly and Perron and, Sh and Chen and all those guys and Schwartz and Steen but they're skilled and they're heavy like I was looking at the roster 6'1 200 6'2 215 so that's that's big yeah. and that's why they they won last year is they throughout four rounds they just grind teams down they wear them down they forecheck and they score so it's not it would be different if there are a bunch of big guys that couldn't put the puck in the net, but they're O'Reilly, Tarasenko, they're big and they can score. So I think that's going to be, for me, the biggest challenge for the Canucks. Uh, I love the Pedersen versus Bennington matchup and obviously from Calder Trophy remnants from last year. But I, I really am I'm interested to see how RD, that played very well in the first series that we all um, you know, acknowledge, how they're going to stand up to this heavy, skilled offensive group. Yeah, I, I think that's a really... I mean, everybody's been talking about it. It's something that they rely on. One of the things that was interesting about the Blues last year, and it, it doesn't get talked about enough, was, again, they were a worst to first. They caught lightning in a bottle. They started playing really well. They got healthy. And because of that, they were able to ride that and carry that momentum all the way to Game 7 when Stanley Cup Final. This year's a lot different. They are they were starting to get their momentum, but you can, you can tell that they – like you said, they didn't care about this, and, and that's fine. But how long does it take a team to get going? We know for yeah. Vancouver, it took them game two. 
Um, But Vancouver's going to come into this feeling good, and they're not going to sit there and worry about the the heavy game that the Blues played because, again, the Wild were a heavy team. And they were. They were pretty comparable, actually. And now I think the Blues might hit a little more. But one of the things that I thought was interesting was the Wild have a much better defense, like in terms of overall talent. And Vancouver was able to work work through that. Uh, speed kills. And that was something that the Blues had a lot of problem with a lot of teams, like mm. the Avalanche uh, that had a speed game. They have problems with that. And the Canucks, you know, are relatively healthy right now. Uh, overall, it uh, looks like Gaudet seems to be uh, ready to go. And, and as a lot of people have said, Beagle, um, you know, his hands injured. So we'll, you know, we'll see, we'll see if he draws in, but um, I think Vancouver matches up well because of that. And I think motivation is a huge factor in a, in a team's success in the playoffs, how motivated are they and how much do they really want it? Because we know Stanley cup playoffs is about will not just uh, skill. I think touching on that, it's going to be interesting to see how the teams that played in the round robin, maybe where they were not as motivated there against the teams that were playing playoff rounds and playing against these teams and had the passion, had the desire, had the rivalries in some of the series as well. And they were just playing a lot harder, especially um, in the Canucks series where you saw some injuries that just due to effort and uh, determination to win. It's going to be interesting to see how those determined teams match up against the round robin ones, which seemed honestly more like a preseason. With you're right, there being no home team advantage, it's almost like they cared a bit less than the <laughs> play-in teams. Yeah, the thing is about that, and it, it is interesting to kind of contrast the two. Um, you know, you got the teams that are going in. You know, for the play-ins, they were actually in playoff. Like, you know, you lose, you're out. Yeah. All the round robin ones, it's like, yeah, you know, we lose whatever. Uh, We lose some seeding. Yeah, whatever. We still have playoffs coming up. Um, It's kind of hard to get into that same mindset that you're going to be, you know, you have to, you have to perform or you're, you know, going home. I think that's, that's going to make a big difference coming into this. I mean, you're going to see those teams play a lot harder of a game. And, you know, the teams that didn't look very good in the round robin, I think will look a lot better uh, in the actual uh, playoffs. Yeah, that's and, totally and, and, fair. Yeah. No, no, yeah. Go, go ahead, Clay. Go ahead. Well, I, I was just gonna say I had a brain fart in my earlier, uh, <laughs> in my early answer. What I was trying to say about with the regular season is you have to take it both ways. If you say that the regular season doesn't matter, then you can dismiss that St. Louis was the best team. But you also have to dismiss that we took five out of six points. You see what I mean? Yeah, but yeah. if you say yeah. that it does matter, then you could say, oh, St. Louis is such a good team. But we did take five out of six. So you can't have your cake and eat it too. You can't just say, oh, the Canucks took five out of six for them. But it doesn't matter how good St. Louis was in the, in the regular season. you got to take both or none, if you know what I mean. Yeah, and if I can, I mean, one of the things, the reason I didn't want to play the Dallas Stars was because it wasn't just the success they had. Their Stars are capable of breaking games open. And this isn't a disrespect to the St. Louis Blues because obviously they're talented, but they don't break games open. They don't yeah. ha- really have like, I mean, Thomas Dean or not Thomas Dean, Boyd the Sea. That's how <laughs> old I am there when I'm going back to the, like to the Winnipeg Jets there. But like, like Steen, he, uh, he's a Canuck killer. He's had lots of points against Vancouver and he's won some games for the Blues against the Canucks. But overall, the reason most teams didn't want to play Vancouver is because of Quinn Hughes, Elias Pettersson, Brock Besser, and to a lesser extent, Bo Horvat. These, these are guys that can win games, and we saw that versus the Wild, where Markstrom's having a brutal game, and he had a brutal game, as you said, 
But, you know, they show up. Brandon Sutter scores a goal. Tanner Pearson scores a goal. Quinn Hughes scores a goal. Bor Horvat ties it. And then they get a goal from, from the best, you know, the best teammate in the world in Chris Tanner. That, that's what's dangerous about the Canucks. And I think that that is something that they match very well with the Blues in, in that sense that if Vancouver needs a goal, they have the ability to get that goal and fight through some heavy checks to get that goal. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think the Canucks, yeah, they do match up a lot better. And when they were talking about all the Dallas Stars or the St. Louis Blues, I'm like, I was gravitating towards the Blues right away because it just, like I said in the earlier podcast, it, they just don't seem to play well against the Stars overall. I mean, they were blown out in the two games they played against them this year and didn't look good. And there was a stat thrown out that, Pedersen had one point, Hughes was scoreless, and then their stars just blew the Canucks away. So, I mean, I think in general, the Blues prevent, present a lot better of a matchup uh, than the stars do. What do you guys think of the goaltending thing? I, um, I, I was vlogging about this yesterday. Jake Allen actually had better stats than Bennington oh, uh, yeah. in the regular season and whatever. And, and in the in the round robin, too, he played you know yesterday, and then where's Bennington? Well, in, yeah. If I if I can comment on that, yeah. play, I think I think it all comes down to motivation. Vancouver's very motivated. I mean, you do not want a motivated Elias Pettersson, Quinn Hughes, Brock Besser, like like they're game breakers, they're superstars. And mm-hmm. when those guys are motivated, and you know, Petey, he's got a rivalry with Bennington. I mean, Bennington comes out, oh, I should have won the Calder. Okay. Like, like you don't think that's not going to be bullet board material for Pedersen? I mean, the kid's so competitive, and we saw it against the Wild. Oh, he won't be able to handle playoff hockey. He's so small. He's knocking over guys 20, 30, 40, 50 pounds bigger than him. So, you know, like, that's that's where, you know, I think in net, Markstrom, I agree with you. Markstrom just has to show up and play his game and and be – be that guy and it by the way it's it goes both ways too old markstrom was fatigued after you know the the fourth game and in, in three nights or whatever it was well you know so was Staylock. so you yeah. know and guess what vancouver won that game five four so you know it goes it goes both ways um as as you mentioned and and um i just motivation to me seeing the way the canucks team celebrated that's why i think the blues are a better matchup for them yeah, love it and, love it yeah the the Canucks are ha- like it's so great to be talking playoff hockey and like in general and not talking about the stupid draft lottery today. And I mean, it's it's just I, I don't care about what happens in the draft lottery for the first time in a few years. That's different for a Canucks fan, eh? Yeah, I, mean, I, li- I kind of like it. Yeah. <laughs> but having said that, I think I think we all can rightly say, aside from maybe Rasmus Dahlin, the Canucks have won the draft the last two oh, years. Geez. And they then they got at twenty six. They got a guy who should have been in the top ten. Yep. Yeah. Oh, that's legitimately. Yeah. And the thing is, is Quinn Hughes definitely should have been in the top three in that draft. And and he dropped to to the Canucks, where everyone thought, oh yeah, Detroit's going to pick him. Yeah, no. So I mean, it. There's so many teams that are probably kicking themselves for not picking this guy. He's just, and he, like I said earlier, it's it. He's just going to get better, and that's, like, scary for other teams in the NHL that, you know, Quinn Hughes is going to get better than he is now. I think the only team that's kicking themselves is Detroit because yeah. <laughs> I, I think the I think the other teams – I think the other teams knew who they were taking. I think Arizona – again, center depth is so hard. I Don't be surprised if Byfield goes first overall, uh, legitimately. Centers are – you can't trade for them, 
and either you get them in their system, you develop them properly. And again, you look at Pierre-Luc Dubois and what he did for, for, uh, for yeah. Columbus this series. You look at all of a sudden, mm-hmm. Cook and Niemi comes up huge for the Montreal Canadiens. You cannot, you can't develop a center or trade for centers. People just don't trade centers away. Um, unless you're the Toronto Maple Leafs and you have no choice because you're center, you're center, you're too center heavy. Um, and you can't win series, but that, you know, so that all I'm saying is, is, is Vancouver's done well. Quinn Hughes, you know, fell in their lap because Adina fell and that's, that's great. Um, I'm grateful, entirely grateful that Quinn Hughes is here. And, and, um, I think it was you Clay who posted that, uh, it, it is entirely possible. And I agree with your opinion. Quinn Hughes will probably be the best defenseman or one of the best defensemen for the next 10, 15. He's going to be fighting for the Norris trophy. Like, you know, between him and uh, Kale McCarr, I mean, they're, they're going to be two of the best defensemen in the NHL for a long time. No doubt about that. Mm-hmm. And Dan brought up uh, defensemen, uh, the mobility of the, the Blues, which is a really good point. You know, you look at their roster and they have good players, obviously, like Petrangelo and Justin Falk's been good. You know, uh, Pareko done, but none of them are speedsters. Now that you look at it, and you know, Scandella is not that 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 fast. So that might be an opportunity for our faster players. Exactly. Like, that, yeah, yeah. That that's exactly my point. Is is yeah. it's a good matchup for Vancouver because for the Blues, they have to play. They can't play their normal game. They have to change their gameplay. And again, the, the the teams that had success against them this year have all been speed teams because they have to adjust to it. And, you know, in a Stanley Cup final, totally different, right? But right now, in a, in a round one, it's it's not – I don't, I don't know if the Canucks are going to win. Pro- probably not, to be honest with you. Um, but having said that, they have a good chance. Yeah. It just feels different. It feels it- – last week felt different i know friday night felt different and and i hope that you're seeing it in like as content creators i know we can uh celebrate each other and and empathize with each other as well i hope that you will see and you have been seeing your numbers go up not just because of the addition of two awesome guys but because people are excited right and i've seen the you know i've seen the views on my vlogs go up too because people are excited this is this is awesome you guys it's a connect yeah. energy coming back. It's the fact that we haven't been in the playoffs for so long and we yeah. haven't been winning in the playoffs for even longer. It's incredible to watch. And yeah, we see it in the views, but more importantly, we see it in the community. The mm-hmm. community coming back. You see these numbers on Twitter and you see all these posts and people are excited. And that's something you haven't seen in Canucks Nation for a while, especially with falling in the lottery every June. Yeah. Well said. Can we all, can we all agree, though, that we should, as fans, and at least for myself... You know, I understand that there's virtue signaling and I know people say stupid things and everything. And there are some pretty, you know, you know, pretty (laughs) stupid people out there that say racist and ignorant things about about certain sexes and stuff. But you know what? I I, I don't need to call them out. I know that they're awful people. And you know what? Show, Show some show some class. You know, at the end of the day, I know I've made lots of mistakes in my life, too. And and, you know, um, let's just cheer on the Canucks and let's not worry about someone's Twitter posts from, from years ago. Yeah, I, I agree. And the thing is, too, is just have fun with this. I mean, you have people saying, you know, oh, we shouldn't have won. Oh, now Benning's going to be for another two years. That's the worst thing that could happen for the Canucks. I mean, just the Canucks are in the playoffs. Like, be yeah. happy. Enjoy it. I mean, this may, this may be the start of something great. And, you know, you got to enjoy it while it's here. And the young players that we, the Canucks have, it's just exciting to watch them. And, uh, I mean, playoffs or not, it, 
it's just great to be watching Quinn Hughes, Elias Patterson, and them grow, you know, before our eyes and become, you know, elite players in this league. Well, Clay, I don't know if you remember when we met at the game, um, and this was it was last year, I believe, and it was Patterson's first year, and um, uh, it was before they drafted Quinn Hughes, but they were, you know, they were in a good, they were against space, and and I remember I said to you, I said like this, or it might have been this year after Quinn got here. Right. I just remember talking to you and I said, like, they're going to win three of five cups. They, they're building, they're doing things the right way. They're, they're building it properly. And, you know, um, it, it's just important. And the, you know, the only reason I say that is that, is that they have that core. Like, we're seeing it with Chicago now. Kirby Doc and, and Kuba League. And now you've got Volkvist on defense. And all of a sudden, they're filling the pieces in again around that core and, you know, I, they probably won't get by the avalanche, but you know what? They're probably going to be a good team. And they may, would you put it past them? If, would you be surprised if Chicago won a Stanley Cup in the next two or three years because those guys mature into solid NHLers? Yeah, no, Dabrinkit as well. No, you're exactly right. And Dan, you know, I remember that chat because it was cool meeting you, of course. And, and then I walked away saying, wow, did this guy out positive the founder of the GLCPC? No, in all seriousness, it was, uh-huh. it was, great, it was great chat with you. But you're exactly you, Matthew, you guys are all right about this whole fandom thing because you're, yeah, there's no point, Dan, I presume you're, you're talking about bringing up Bennington's uh, tweets from like eight or nine years ago. Yeah, there's no need for that. There's also no need to judge what type of fan someone else is. Like for us as, as lifelong Canucks fans, I get excited when I see bandwagon fans or new fans because that's how you grow a fan base. Enough of this, well, you can't be a real fan because you weren't there for the rough times. Well, maybe the, the guys from a different country just moved over here three years ago and this is his first taste of Canucks playoff hockey. Like, I, I don't get that, right, when, when someone judges their fandom against someone else because of how long they've been a fan or how much money they spend, you know, and Dan, you're a season ticket holder. That's, I, I've never heard you say, well, my, my opinion counts more because I'm a season ticket holder. That's ridiculous. Yeah, 100% ridiculous. Like, like there are so many intelligent people out here. I mean, we had Sarah, we had, no, no, we had Sarah on a, a, a couple of days ago on the podcast. I mean, she knows hockey. Yeah. She knows hockey like the back of her hand. And, and you know, if I, if I ever had to get into a contest with her, I'm, I've already lost. And, and, but that's, that's, the, that's the beauty of Canucks fans is we're not stupid fans. We are smart, intelligent hockey fans, and we understand these things. And, you know, it's just, it's just let's, let's just, you know, have fun with the team. Don't worry about what someone else says because, you know, if, if, you, if you really want to go cancel culture, you might as well fire everybody from their jobs because yeah. everybody said something or done something stupid in their life. And, you know, like, it's just, it's, it's just, let's just, let's just enjoy this because uh, these are special players. These guys are phenomenal, phenomenal human beings. Never mind special hockey players. And the fact that we've got guys at such a high level that we get to cheer on and watch day to day and be able to say, holy smokes, we get to watch these guys. It's like the Sedins all over again. And, yeah. and, and you know, it's, it's crazy. And we're really blessed. And we should be thankful that we have this opportunity. Amen. Yeah. I mean, that, I echo that, <laughs> too. You know, I mean, the thing is, is the Canucks haven't been here in a long time. And everyone should just be happy that it's happening. And... Yeah. And just just enjoy the ride. And who cares about cap issues, all that stuff in the future? Just enjoy the players we have right now, because you may not see them next season. And mm-hmm. I mean, and that's just the the truth of it. You may not see Chris Tanev next season. Uh, you know, you may not see Tyler Toffoli. I mean, if he comes back, I mean, <laughs> it's 
it's just it's exciting just to watch these guys because you may not see some of them. And yeah. uh, and that's that's basically it. <laughs> we may not see Tyler Toffoli these playoffs. That that's yeah. true Maybe too. Not. Yeah. So I mean, just to start kind of wrapping it up is uh, well, let's just have some fun and pick a first goal of the actual playoffs, or the, who's going to score the first Canucks goal, and uh, what the series will ultimately end. We'll start with you, Clay. All right. Well, on point and on, uh, I guess, on point with uh, the club that I founded, which you guys are all lifetime members of, as you know, um, I would love to see the Canucks pull this out. I, I agree with Dan. Realistically, it's going to be it's going to be tough. I think it's going to be a long series. I think it's going six, six or seven for sure. Um, but... You know, I would. Ra- I'm not going to hedge my bets. I'd rather the. I, I want the Canucks to go through. So I'm going to say Canucks in seven because I want to, and I'm going to say Brock Besser scores the first goal. Um, I'm going to be unoriginal with this one. I'm going to be really, really boring, but <laughs> because I think it's true, and I'm going to go with uh, Tanner Pearson with the first goal because just he's got that playoff experience, and for some reason, I think Bo Horvat especially is going to come out of the gates firing for this series. So I think he's going to be buzzing, and I think Pearson's going to get that, uh, get the reward from that one as well. Um, I'm optimistic on the Canucks on this one. I think we raised a lot of really good points about the round robin versus the qualifier round, and I think that's going to lead well to the Canucks going strong out of the gates. So I'm going to say the Canucks are going to win the first two games. I feel that. And now the question is, how strongly do the Blues bounce back? And whether or not it'll be five or six games for the Canucks. So wow. I'm going to go Canucks in six. Love it. Love it, Aiden. Nice. <laughs> yeah, I, I can tell you, Aiden, if the Canucks win the first two games, they'll win the series. Because uh, yeah. I, I believe I believe, I believe, believe the Blues will just kind of pack it up. They won their cup last year. It's a COVID year. You're away from your families, all that. I mean, it's tough. It's a, it's a tough yeah. thing And if they go that route. But uh, for me, like, I believe Pedersen's going to be the best player in this series, aside from Quinn Hughes. I just think Quinn Hughes is – drives everything um you know um but uh, i think peterson is going to be the best best player in the series for vancouver i think he ha- he will you know drive the the win of the series but i think the first goal is going to come from jake for and i think wow. jake yeah. i think godet and jake um are going to with their speed again it's well suited jake's had some reasonable success against the blues so is godet um, and uh, I think that that'll work well for them. And as for the series, my my logic tells me Blues in seven. I do think it'll go seven games because I think Vancouver will be able to get three because of, of their emotions. But my heart is actually telling me Canucks in six. And the reason I think that my heart's telling me Canucks in six is <sighs> there's something I, – I did not expect the bottom six to be playing as good as they did. Like, I just didn't expect it. And that's, this is what Jim Benning got them for, to be a playoff team, to be those playoff guys, to be the playoff glue. And they're performing here. And, again, the Blues are not, like, a super fast team, which is just perfect for, for Brandon Sutter and Tyler Mott. <laughs> and, you know, the, the, the Taylor made for Zach McEwen, you know, who's 24 years old. I, like, like, my heart's telling me that, but, but don't be surprised if, if the Blues pull it out, and, and that's the logical choice. But, but I'll say Canucks in six for that. Okay, Matt, you got a minute to take us out. <laughs> I, I'm going to Canucks in seven, and uh, for basically all the reasons that we're kind of going already. And uh, I'm saying I, Adam Gaudet with the first one. Okay. He's Woo! in the lineup. He's, uh, and if he's not in the lineup, then uh, Quinn Hughes. 
because I, I just find that guy, he's just, he's just going to keep getting better as the series goes. And I really think that he's going to be a guy that's still going to be a dominant player in the in the round against the Blues as well. Really quickly, guys, uh, the Canucks have indeed beat the Blues three times in the playoffs, all in the first round. Two yeah. of those three series have gone seven games. So yeah. I like the optimism here. Yeah, I one think was a three, one was a three-one comeback. I remember that oh, yes. very well. I remember yeah. that too. Yeah, yeah so it, there's some positive success uh, in the past and in this season. So there's a lot, lot to be positive about. Uh, so it was great to have you on the show again, Clay, and uh, definitely hope to have you on a lot uh, as we go forward. Because love seeing your blogs and those intermission things that you have during the game as well. They are awesome, man. Well, thank you, guys. I, I really appreciate you having uh, me on. I know you guys are growing, so I want to support you as much as I can. Would love to make this a regular thing. If, if, we, if we continue to progress through the playoffs, that would be awesome. And uh, help me spread the word tomorrow when we release our brand new playoff song. Can't Woo! wait. <laughs> awesome. Looking forward to that. Thanks again, guys. And uh, go Canucks go, as always. God bless you guys. Yeah, yeah. Go, okay, Canucks, go. go Canucks go. Yeah, thanks, Clay, for coming on the show. It was great to have another conversation with you. And and all the stuff that he's and you're doing on YouTube. It's been great. And I love watching those intermission stuff from him. Uh, how about you guys? It's so smooth. Eh? Just in the way he talks with his one take videos and all that kind of stuff. Those music videos as well. I know uh, he gave us a bit of a, a scoop that he was producing one today. And I'm excited. I'm really excited to see that one. The Marie Huey is a great, great singer. And she's done the Whitecaps games for a while. And it's it's always good watching their content. Yeah, I, I can't echo anything other than you know they're so happy too. Like like yeah. Clay is such a happy person. Like to see him and his boys um, on the on the videotron cheering on the Canucks during the the play in series was was pretty special too. And um, you know he's just you know I, I wish a lot of Canuck fandom was a lot more forgiving and and. Uh, and happy uh just just because you know life is life's tough so you need we need uh, more happiness well that's exactly the thing right you can take his outlook on sports and apply it to life and people would be a lot happier i think just the the nature even in the call before we started recording he was just such a happy guy and yeah. trying to get to know us and all that kind of stuff and uh yeah he's a great guest and i hope we work with him more yeah no that's i i agree yeah, I mean, when we when I started the podcast, I'm like, I had a list of potential guests that I was like, oh, I'll be the only one doing. It. So I want to get some guys on here that are, you know, have some personality and some great. And that, he was like top of my list, and I was happy that he uh, he accepted the person. And, and it was a great interview. And I said, well, you know, I definitely want him on again. And and he's so open to it, and uh, you know, putting his time. He says he's a busy guy too. He has a full yeah, very job. busy. And stuff like that. So, and he's got a big family too. So, I'm so grateful for him to come on a smaller podcast too. Like he could be, he could be choosy on what you know podcast to go on. So, I'm very happy for him to come on. Now, how about those Canucks? <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, the Canucks play on Wednesday, and we have uh, game one uh, going probably in the evening. And uh, have some keys to the game. Our normal three keys to the game. We'll start with you, Aiden. Okay. First. First and foremost, the Canucks have got to play their game. They're a young, exciting team. And if there's anything we've learned from our conversation with Clay, there's a lot to be excited for. And that needs to show. The young guns need to come out blazing and uh, 
the veterans and it's crazy to believe that Markstrom's 31 years old already. That's a different point, but um, they just need a full team effort and they need their effort coming out of the gate quickly. Second one is they got to take advantage of the blues not playing in really competitive games thus far. So it kind of relating to the first point in a bit there, there's a bit of overlap, but they need to come up quick. They need to take advantage of that energy and the preparedness they have from taking on the wild in the series and getting deep in the trenches with the fights, with the hits, with Tyler Myers in the penalty box. Okay, maybe not that. But uh, they need to get going very fast. And they need consistency in that. I think we can beat this horse till it's dead. But Markstrom needs to be consistent with the type of shots he allows. And he can allow goals. It's fine. And he did better than Bennington 5-on-5 in the first few games coming back. But uh, he can't let those goals from the side of the net in. And that's the biggest thing. Yeah, I think um, for Vancouver, I think the my three keys. The first one is don't expect the Blues to be um, lulled or lackadaisical. I remember when they played Chicago in 2010 and they beat them 5-1 and you were like, oh, wow, you know, uh, you know Vancouver's going to smoke them this time around. And uh, Quenville was like, no, we didn't play our best game. We can play a lot better. And Chicago sure played a lot better. Um, Vancouver needs to come out not just strong, but they, they can't, they can't take anything for granted, any space in this series, any sort of, of area of the game. They can't take anything for granted. They, as a team, they have to play collectively a strong game because if there's a weak link anywhere, blues will take advantage of it. And the second one for me in this game, in the first game is, is their stars have to be their stars. Like, you know, they're, again, it's, it'll be tough for them to win games if, um, and they don't even have to score goals, but they have to put that pressure on. And again, your best, best defense sometimes is your best offense. And even if they're cycling and they're, they're keeping the, the, the blues in their zone, it's hard to score when you're defending all the time. And, and that's why I think Vancouver, even if they can't get a lot of goals, even if they win one, nothing, at least those, those players have to have that in them. And the third key, uh, for me, um, as much as it is Markstrom, I think it's Bennington too. I mean, Bennington, like you said, is he's kind of struggled a bit. Um, Getting his head, he, you know, one of the things you can certainly see about him is he's a very uh, confident individual. And if you can get him off his game early and often and get him unfocused, I think you have a better chance of beating the Blues than allowing him to settle in and be solid. Because once he's in his zone, Bennington, you know, as much as I hate to say it, Bennington can be one of the best goalies in the league. Yeah, and I, I agree with a couple of those points. I mean, my first key is basically the young guns and the veterans have to continue meshing uh, the way they did in the, in the qualifying series. And, and that's, I think, what gave the edge to the Canucks is that they had their youthful energy and they had the veteran leadership both going at the same time. And that's what has to happen in the next round. Um, second key, yeah, what do you say, Markstrom? has to be better. Uh, he has to be close to the, I'd say the MVP like he was all season. And, uh, and that's just basically, that just has to happen unless for the Canucks to have any success. Uh, because if he's allowing those weak goals and the Blues can shut it down defensively as, as good as anyone too. So uh, we've seen it happen. And, uh, you know, Markstrom has to at least make the saves he, he should and not let those weak goals in. Um, that's my second key. Third key is um, Travis Green can't get out coached. Uh, Craig Berube is a very 
great coach. He's a great coach too. And uh, Green has to basically, yeah, like I say, not get out coached in this series. And uh, those three keys, and uh, that's not just a key for game one. That's a key for the whole thing. Oh, I love that last comment. I totally agree with you. I think Travis Green outcoaches himself. Never <laughs> mind Craig Berube outcoaching him. He just over <laughs> he overthinks it sometimes. And and you know when he just allows the game to flow, he his his system just does well. That's a great comment, Matt. Yeah. yeah so well, it's not rocket science, eh? That's not rocket science. <laughs> he, he might need to change the. You might need to change the name of the podcast here. No, honestly, <laughs> I gotta drop it in every episode. There's a quota. The host give me a dollar every time I do. <laughs> it's a very true statement though i mean it's there's a lot that's not rocket science in the in hockey and uh, yeah so it's it's going to be great to actually have a lot of hockey to start i mean okay a seven game series rather than that five game thing we had before this is a full series and uh it's just the way they're matched uh, you i think youngins, it's going you you youngins i i was <laughs> raised on the five game series my friend you young oh yeah like (laughs) five game series like when they went to seven everybody was like oh that's a lot of hockey for teams to play in and stuff and uh, but if it wasn't for that Vancouver wouldn't have come back a couple times in the history of the team so when did they switch over like I don't know 85 was the last year or 86 was the last year so 87 was when they first did the the seven game first round seven gamers I mean back then it didn't matter so much I mean the Edmonton Oilers and Calgary Flames were so good um, you know, Winnipeg had one good year, and I think that was 85, and the Oilers beat them in, in six games, I think, maybe maybe even five. Like, it's, it's you know, th- th- that was a tough time. It's totally different now. Seven-game series is definitely necessary, oh, yeah. you know. And uh, But, yeah, it's, it's a lot of hockey that these guys play, that's for sure. Yeah. There you go. I don't remember because I was two years old, so. <laughs> <laughs> I was, uh, when was it, 1986, you said? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, I was negative twelve years old. <laughs> see, see, and I, I was, I was raised on that, and I, I mean, I can tell you, it was. Uh, I mean, even then, they were wars, right? Because that's when, like in '82, Vancouver just came out strong against Calgary, and they just carried that momentum of a three-game sweep, right? And a lot of teams that had three-game sweeps, they just carried that momentum yeah. um, all the way through to conference finals, right? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, so it's going to be exciting to. Uh to actually uh, watch the Canucks again. And it was exciting to watch them in the four games before, but we're going to see that intense playoff hockey. We already, actually, we already saw it in that qualifier. I think that series was probably the closest to playoff hockey than any of the other ones. That, that, was, playoff. They, that was playoff hockey. The, the, yeah. the other ones were kind of interesting. I think the Hurricanes, um, the Hurricanes, even though they won three straight, it was, it was kind of a, 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 a kind of a tougher series but that was a playoff series. Like there's no doubt that that was a playoff series. And the fact that they only got out with a, you know, a, a beagle hand injury, um, you know, uh, they're pretty, they're pretty lucky. And, you know, the other good news, I know, again, we talked about Furland, but the fact is they never had them all season. So, yeah. you know, the, the, and it sounds bad, but it's not that hard of an adjustment for the team because, you know, really they haven't played with them all year. No, that's true. Yeah. And, and the thing is, is there's still room to grow for Pedersen. And uh, he, I don't think we've seen him at his best yet uh, for, for what he is and how he plays. So there's that to look forward to as well. So it, it's any other closing thoughts from you guys before we start wrapping up? I think I'm good. I think that interview is fantastic. And 
yeah, I think it's, I think it's a good podcast. The only thing I think I would add is, um, you know, I know we're looking at getting more guests on, which is awesome. And, um, you know, for, for everybody who's, you know, looking forward to, uh, uh, to the series, um, you know, there, there is a three thirty game. I believe the second game is a three thirty um, uh, uh, game for us. I believe it is. So um, one of the games will be early, but other than that, most of the games are at seven thirty. And um, just, just enjoy it. Win or lose, enjoy it. Because even if they lose, again, this, this is how you gain experience and get better and, and, and be better. And if the Canucks go and do something, just enjoy it. And speaking about getting better and being better, if you're listening to this and you want to be on the podcast, get in touch with us. Oh, yeah. We, we'd love to have different voices come in and talk with us and talk Canucks hockey. So, um, yeah, get in touch with Matt, blow up his DMs, and uh, we'll see you soon. Yeah, so that this is wraps up episode. We're wrapping up the episodes here. We're in episode 13. This is the latest is 13. So um, we'll be having another a few episodes we're going on a little more of uh, not just weekly episodes right now because of the playoffs going on so you're going to hear more of, of us as we go on so you can follow uh connects and pucks podcast at on twitter at connects pucks and also uh, give us a like on facebook as well um and that's also connects pucks uh, on facebook uh just give us a search there and give us a like uh posting probably hopefully posting a lot more on facebook as we go forward and on twitter trying to create a bit more buzz on that uh, front as well so you can all, obviously uh, follow us on twitter as well and uh yeah just just yeah you can dm dm canucks pucks and if you want to come on the podcast as we yeah as we said we'd love to have some more voices on the on every episode as well that sounds great go all canucks right. go. So that, go go canucks go, go. yeah that wraps up episode 13 and uh Look forward to game one on Wednesday and it's going to be, it's going to be great to, to watch. And, and there's so much on Twitter now, like we said earlier, there's so much on social media and everything's blowing up. So it's great to have hockey back at the forefront of everything right now. So listening to episode 13. (laughs) (laughs) Start that chant too. That's right. (laughs) <laughs> so we're not we're probably not we already don't like Bennington but we're probably not gonna like him more after this so hopefully he's been not on the winning side and we don't hear that uh, Gloria song too much 